morning. Good morning. How is everyone? Good. Well, I guess there's some happy Georgia fans and one unhappy Florida fan, I think, in here. So, uh, David, he's a Florida fan. I hate it for him. I'm proud of you, one too. I'm proud of Alabama. I'm sure Georgia will beat us this year. There's no doubt in my mind. But, uh, in way announcements, uh, church office is going to be closed Monday, Thursday, and Friday. So if you need anything from Ann, Tuesday and Wednesday is the only day, it looks like. Uh, next Sunday, uh, we'll have church and choir practice. Also, next Sunday, it's next Saturday night before you go to bed, wind your clocks back one hour. Uh, I really don't like this time of year because it's dark when you go to work and dark when you get off, ain't it, David? So, uh, second Sunday is living life together is going to be at Robin and Zach's house it's at five thirty. Uh, sign up in the vestibule, and also on December the fifth, uh, the preschool class is going to be in here singing with us. So, let's all stand. Sing, I fly away.
And uh, actually, on the same day they voted on me that afternoon, they voted on some, some property that they have. And my question was, what do we think God wants us to do with the property? How can we steward it well for the good of the community? And then how can we steward it for his glory? We put together an initial team and uh, they did research on pregnancy numbers of young girls in Georgia. Currently, a pregnant minor that's homeless has no place to go. There's literally, there's not a facility in Gwinnett County that we can place her. There is no licensed maternity home in the metro Atlanta area. I can't send her even to a hotel because they wouldn't take minors and even if we're willing to pay. We already were blessed in our congregation to have people who were very pro-life, very involved with us, the march. But at some point, uh, it has to be more than marching downtown. It has to be more than just praying. Crisis pregnancy centers can certainly help provide important prenatal care. But what's the girl gonna do when she walks out of the office? Women who age out of the foster care system, by the time they're 21, 75% are pregnant. We have one of the highest birth mortality rates in, uh, in the state, here in Gwinnett County. It is literally a life and death ministry. And our people couldn't be more excited about what they're headed toward. Our sweet quilting ladies have already been working towards blankets, they want to get babies, and all that. folks have had different donations. One of our, our gentlemen heavily involved in the Rotarian group. They have purchased all the appliances that will be needed for that home. Uh, we're waiting on some last uh, approvals from the county. The goal would be, within the next year, ready to open, because we already have crisis pregnancy centers who are ready to send clients. A 14-year-old walked in a crisis pregnancy center. You know, as a 14-year-old, you don't know, are mom and dad going to welcome you back home? Is there a mom and dad at home? But if you're 14 and you don't know mom and dad are going to let you in, who else will? And who else will let you in for your best and not to further wound you? Uh, we know that these girls have been brought to our homes to see the gospel live out. And so if we can come alongside and help these women in this situation to uh, make the best choices, we know we can make a big difference in their life. How do you prepare a budget? How do you uh, plan meals? What are, you know, what are the basics? There are pregnant young ladies all around, and sometimes they just need a ride to Walmart. Sometimes they just need a ride to doctor's appointments. And that's one of the biggest things is, is transportation. So some of them will have been consensual, some of them will have been raped, some of them will have been incest. Some of them will be some of the darkest sins. And so when people sin, we want to be those who are running to them with the gospel rather than away from them. Their lives will never bring about eternal change until they come to know Christ. You get involved where you can. It's where uh, the gospel meets Monday. Thank you, Allison. Jason, too. Just a little talk with Jesus.
said this time and time again I wished there was a mirror behind me and y'all could see what I saw really do because you know I when we're in here in the the morning sometimes uh, as Tammy and Mike have sent me some stuff before. It gets a little smoky in here. And we ought to be thankful for what God's done for us. Where He's brought us from. He saved me from a place called hell. 
because Dr. Payne, I got what I deserve. I get hell. No doubt in my mind. And I'm thankful for that. So, it won't hurt you. I promise you. It will not hurt anybody to smile just a little bit. There's no sin against it. You know, my dad says, there's nothing wrong with being a happy Christian. Because if I was lost and dying and going to hell, and I was standing right here looking at you, there's no way, shape, form, or fashion that I'd want what any of you had. Because y'all are just, like I said, gloom, despair, and agony on me. We're all going through something. Everybody in here is going through something. It ain't just me. It ain't just Mike. It ain't just Dan. It ain't just Doc. Everybody in here is going through something. And you need to be thankful for what got you through what you're already going through and done been through. And who's going to get you through what else you need to go through? So let's see when we all get to heaven.
Sometimes, but I guess I better be ready. Bless him, Lord. Amen. Just do it for the Lord. That's all I'm here for, anyway, buddy. I saw the name of the message this morning is "My Journey to the Overlook." I have to excuse me a minute while I get this ready. I know how to use it. think of uh, Moses. This is my journey to the overlook and heading to the promised land. Amen. He was standing on that mountain looking out. He never got to go in, but he got to see the promised land. But one day all of us are going to stand on that mountain looking over Jordan. We're going to get to go into the promised land. Amen. Most of us have known somebody that went on. You know, I've lost my sister, my nephew. I know they're waiting. My grandparents that are all there waiting on me. You know, I was discussing it with a non-believer, and they said, uh, the only reason why you even believe in God is because you want to have hope for the eternity. I said, well, no. We discussed a few reasons why I do believe that there is a God. I said, but it it is a plus that I have an eternity filled with joy, amen? What do you have? And uh, they didn't have an answer, but uh, that's something to praise God about. You will see your loved ones, amen? Amen. I don't know. I see some of you uh, have the crown of glory out there. You know, you probably know a lot more that are waiting on the other side. I know you can't wait to see them. But some of you young ones may not have experienced death yet. But it is a reality. That death is appointed to every man, the Bible says. We're all going to die. And you need to think about that. And where you may be on the other side. Amen. I have seen my last tomorrow I am holding my last breath Goodbye sweet world of sorrow My new life begins with death I am 
standing on the mountain, I can hear the angels' songs. I am reaching over Jordan. Take my hand, Lord, lead me home. All my burdens are behind me. I have prayed my final prayer. Don't you cry over my body, cause that ain't me lying there. Cause I am standing on the mountain, and I can hear the angel songs, and I am do tend to put you on the spot, but you always, with uh, guidance of the Holy Spirit, what I want you guys to understand is that, yeah, God has given us these talents uh, and to be used. They're not just to bring us glory and honor, but they're to be used to bring Him glory and honor. So when you come up here, David, or anyone, no matter if you practice or not, we do it as unto the Lord, and then the Holy Spirit steps in, comes down. He allows fingers to move. He allows voices to open up. He allows glory and honor to be brought to the Father through, through our sacrifice, through us doing uh, and giving our uh, tasks and our gifts that we do. So thank you, David. I appreciate that. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter... It is on... Have your Bibles turn with me to Second uh, Corinthians chapter four. We'll be looking at chapter, or, yeah, cha- a little bit in chapter three and four. But I really want to look at uh, this idea of my journey to the overlook. You know, many. This is one of my most favorite times of the year. The coolness comes in. The leaves start to change colors. Began to look and, and just wonder what God's creative handiwork uh, upon the canvas of the forest will be this year. This month, thousands will travel to the mountains and make the annual journey to step out onto an overlook and see the captivating mixing of the forest colors in full kaleidoscopic panorama. No more little kids' toys and kaleidoscope. It's there before our eyes. 
As autumn begins to fall upon the mountains, I hear the voice of the Holy Spirit calling out to me in a gentle breeze and the rustle of the leaves saying, come take a journey to the overlook. As I hear the voice, I become anxious, I become nervous, and I pause at the thought of such a journey. You see, the last time we went to the mountains, Shelly was with us. My mind is overwhelmed with the memories of our last journey that we took together. And it makes my heart and my soul ache. It aches within me. And I begin to ask the Lord as I hear through the rustle of the leaves, go take a journey to the overlook. I begin to look at Him and I ask with all that I am and all of my agony and all of my anxiousness, why are you wanting me to go through this again? Why are you wanting me to... Why are you putting me through this again, Lord? As the pain begins to roll, as the tears come out of my eyes, I still still hear the call. And I ask, is there another way? And I get the response, no, there's not another way. I ask, why would you have me to experience all this pain over again? In my pain of such questions, I continually hear, I want you to come to the overlook of your life, Mike. I want you to come to the overlook of your life. I want you to see what you're not seeing. I want you to come stand on this place and I want you to see your life as, as I see it. I want you to see your life and the things that you're missing, but those things that you're overlooking. Reluctantly, I began the journey to the overlook of my life. And the Spirit begins to prepare my heart with these words of Paul to the Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 4, 17 and 18. He says, For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. As I begin to think about this, as I go to the overlook, it's not yet time. Uh, We went to JSU a little bit yesterday, and we took the scenic route over across the mountain, uh, going down towards Rabbit Town. And the colors, while they're turning here, they're really not there deep in the mountains yet, but they're coming. And I'm going to take that journey. And as I begin to prepare my heart to take such a journey, here are the thoughts that I have. As I step out onto the overlook, I have the opportunity to see first and foremost that which I've already seen. The day I remember the day we went to the doctor and was told there was nothing that could be done. I see the difficulties that we shared with each other. Yet I'm also able to see there not only what I can already see, but that which I did not see at the time. You know, COVID sent me home to my wife. 
You know that. Looking back now, I realize that God was giving me the time for both of us to love each other and to say goodbye. You know, in the process, and I'll always say that one of the greatest ministries that I ever had was to my wife. While I was preparing her for her transition, I did not realize that she was preparing me for mine to live this life without her. As I began to look and see how much we truly loved, how much we cried, how much we wept, how much we argued with the Lord, I began to see what God was really, what I'd missed. And what I needed the most was that He had, he had provided for me, but yet I was overlooking. You know, there's a movie in the, in the name of it's Joshua. Joshua is a, is a guy that comes to town and he's a carpenter. And he is a, creates a lot of trouble for people in the town, both Catholic and Protestant, because he's doing things differently. And uh, it's kind of a modern day story of Jesus and what it might look like if Jesus were to come and interact with this culture instead of the first century culture. But nonetheless, there's this lady there and her husband had died. He'd gotten killed in a car accident. She was in Joshua's wood shop and she's telling him, my life is nothing. He, Joshua looks at her and tells her, your life is beautiful. She picks up this vase that is on the wood, on the wood pile there. She picks it up, throws it down, it shatters into a thousand pieces as she is saying, that is my life. Folks, no, no, many of your stories. I know that there have been times in your life when you felt as though the Lord has picked you up or life has picked you up and thrown you down and shatter you into a million pieces. At the, at the moment, it's very difficult to see what God is doing. Later in the story, Joshua leaves town and he gives the, he gives the, the vase back to the, one of the preachers there to give to the lady. And he had put it back into the put it back into the fire and he created a brand new vase out of it. He left her with this. You might not be as beautiful as you were before, but you're still nonetheless beautiful. You can be re remade and recreated. You know, I believe the Holy Spirit is calling each of us as we're here and as we're looking at our lives. I believe that He's called us to take a, a, a journey to change not only ourselves, our church, and our culture. I believe it's our responsibilities within your families to change what's going on within your families. You know, here's some ideas as I think about the journey that we're, I am taking and the journey that I want you to take as we might be, me rate, be remade into God's image in a way that will bring Him the utmost glory. As I look here in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 6, Paul explains to the Corinthians that they are all ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. He goes on to add, Now if the ministry of death carved in letters on stone came with such glory that the Israelites could not gaze at Moses' face because of its glory, which was being brought to an end, Will not the ministry of the Spirit have even more glory? 
what Paul is doing here. He is comparing two systems. He's comparing the Old Testament system and the glory that was shown down upon Moses with the, with the Ten Commandments. He's saying that was, that's only momentary. That system is only momentary. It was pointing to something that would be eternal. That glory that, that, that Moses came down off that mountain, he had the glory of the Lord was upon him. Even so much that he had to veil his face. Paul is saying that glory is only momentary. And then he points over here and he holds these two ideas. That old system, uh, which was pointing to that which was perfect, that which was permanent, not that which was not permanent, that which was permanent. He's holding up Jesus Christ over here and he's saying, this, this ministry of the Spirit, not the ministry of the law, the ministry of the Spirit, the ministry of the Spirit gives life. It gives us life. It, it brings glory. That's what he's saying here. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. It brings glory. He is specifically telling the ministers, you know what, you may want to continue to do things in an old way, but that is only a temporary glory. Look at this brand new over here. Look at what Jesus came to, to give and to, to provide for us. That was something that is eternal, not something that's temporary. It's a glory that will last us throughout eternity, Scott. It is not just a momentary glory. The ministry of the Spirit that Paul's writing about here brings permanent glory. You know, I believe the rural church is now being influenced from everything from COVID to traveling sports teams to you name it. We're being influenced by everything. I believe the influence of the rural church and of your families is not what it is not what it once was when life was simpler. When I grew up, life was simple, wasn't it? Scott? And I'm sure those of you who are older, like Ledger, uh, life was simpler back in when you were growing up. Didn't have cell phones. Didn't have all this stuff. Y'all go down to a creek, skip rocks down the creek, go float down the river. And Ledger's even told a story uh, about swimming over there. Where was that that you swam? Down there at Dryden's Mill. He even shared a story about that. Life was so much simpler. Now we are involved in so much stuff. And I'm not saying that it's bad. But what I am saying, the ideas of the church, the community church where people once came three days a week to listen to God's Word preached, is quickly fading away. And the question that we, that we, that you and I must now embrace is what must we do to reach the next generation? What must we do? Must we go back to do things the way we have always done them? Or might there be something better out there that will bring God glory? Those are the things that I want us to look for. To bring the Lord the glorious glory that He deserves. Not only does the ministry of the Spirit bring glory, we can read on in 2 Corinthians 3.12, we see where the ministry of the Spirit brings boldness. Paul goes on to write, since we have such a hope, what hope is he talking about? The hope of this ministry of the Spirit that brings permanent glory. Since we have this hope in a permanent glory, Look at what he says. We are very bold. We're very bold. 
We must be bold. Folks, I'm going to be honest with you. I see us being bold in a lot of other places rather than in our church, in the life of our, in the spiritual life of our, of our families. Are we going to be bold? Are we going to boldly lead our families to bring glory and honor to God? We have a ministry that is a ministry of the Spirit that brings permanent glory. Folks, that should make us be extremely bold. Paul also goes on, chapter, verse 1 of chapter 4, he says, Having this ministry, by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. Now there's been plenty of times that I've wanted to lose heart. How about you guys? Ever been a time in your life when you're like, I just want to give up? I want to go home, I want to cover my head in the covers, I want to cry, and I don't want to go see anybody. Been there? Because of this ministry that bring, of the Spirit that brings permanent glory and brings boldness, Paul says, we do not lose heart. Being bold will cost us. May cost us friends. But you know what? I'm not going to lose heart for being bold for the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to be bold for Him. I want to boldly take steps and lead and, and have my life continue to be transformed in His likeness and in the same breath as we live life together. I pray that for your life and your family. I believe from the overlook we need to realize that it's time to become very bold in leading our churches, in leading our communities, in leading our families to become practitioners where we actually become like doctors, where we are practicing ministry. Not doing ministry, but practicing ministry. Doctors are continuously looking for the newer techniques. They're continually coming up with new uh, surgical procedures all the time. You look at what we've done over the past two years with COVID. All of the research and all of the things that we have learned from the research that doctors have done, they are continuing to look in order to apply, in order to make life better. Well, folks, I believe that we in the church, we need to become practitioners in this ministry of grace, in this ministry of boldness, in this ministry of the Spirit in which we do not lose heart. I believe from the pulpit to the pews, we need boldness. We need boldness to look and change our ways to meet people, to connect people, and to engage people in discipleship. As we continue on with this idea of this ministry of the Spirit, it brings boldness, it brings life, it brings also with it a momentary light affliction. I can't tell you that it will not, with us ministering in the Spirit, with us ministering in this way that Paul's talking about, I cannot promise you that we will not be lightly afflicted. Paul addresses his own personal sacrifice in the ministry of the Spirit. Listen to what he says. This is in chapter 4, 2 Corinthians 7-9. through But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, not perplexed. 
but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. If there was anyone that could have had an opportunity to complain, certainly it would have been Paul. In 2 Corinthians 11, later in this book, he writes in verses 24 through 27, Five times I received at the hands of the Jews forty lashes less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A day and a night I was adrift at the sea. On frequent journeys in danger from rivers, dangers from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers in toil and hardship, through many a sleepless nights, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. As I allow that to rest upon my mind, and I begin to grasp and comprehend what Paul went through, I look at this, and I see why he is enduring such. Verse 15 of 2 Corinthians 4, he says, For it is all for your sake. Why is he undergoing all this? It's for the sake of the people. For the sake of the people that he is ministering to, for the sake of the people that the Lord has given him the responsibility to minister to. He's not doing this because he's not doing it because somebody has put him up to it other than the Lord Jesus Christ. He says it is for your sake. So that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. I want you to notice that. It is for your sake. It is for my sake that we endure momentary light affliction. Why? So that God's grace, so as people look upon us, they will not see us. They will see the grace of God. The boldness of God that comes through this ministry of the Spirit that gives us and Him ultimate glory. So that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving. Who's that thanksgiving supposed to be given to? To the Lord. You know, Paul suffered for the sake of the people so that God's grace would extend to more and more people so that they would give thanks and bring glory to God. You know, I, I will say this about uh, verse 17 and 18, which we're going to look at, this momentary light affliction. Guys, I'm going to tell you, I don't like hearing. I like hearing that the ministry of the Spirit brings glory to the Lord. I like hearing that the ministry of the Spirit brings boldness to me. But what I don't like to hear, I do not like to hear that it brings momentary light affliction. I don't want that. I don't want it at all. I must tell you, I do not want that. As I look at Paul and I see, he's saying, I did it all for your sake. But I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm going to share with you what Mike says about momentary light affliction. I think it stinks. As he says in verse 17, for this momentary light affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Folks, 
I do not like momentary light affliction. And I would go even so far as to say, in all that we have lost, in all that we have endured, for me personally, I want to look at the Lord and I want to say, this is not momentary. Every time I go home, I'm faced with it. Every time I see Lauren, I see Shelly. Every time I play the piano, I mean, that's something she loved to do. Everywhere I look, everywhere I go, every time I step out onto our back deck, I'm reminded of her. It's not affliction of being with her. It's the affliction of being without her that hurts the most. And then I ask the Lord, why? I don't understand why. Come to the overlook and I want you to see. I want you to see this, Michael. I want you to see what I'm doing and why. I look at it and say, it's not momentary, Lord. This is going to affect me the rest of my life. But then I'm reminded as I step out onto the overlook, I'm reminded what Paul is saying. If this string, this rope, all of this rope, were to represent eternity, and this is my life, and this is your life, it's from the overlook that I begin to see the brevity of my life and how momentary it is. And what this momentary life affliction that we that we embrace. It's a hard word for me to say. We embrace. What does it do? What does it do? I want you to look at the word. Look at the word here. Verse 17. This is what Paul explains to me and this is what I see. This momentary light affliction is preparing preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Think of what we experience in this life and look at all the weight of the glory that it's preparing us for. And when I see that in Scripture, it makes this worth it all. Because this momentary affliction is light in comparison to the greatness of the glory that God is preparing for us through this momentary light affliction. Folks, as we come and get a song, I don't know where you are this morning. I don't know if you might be in some momentary light affliction yourself and not understanding why you're there. Kind of puts it into perspective, doesn't it? Thirty, forty, fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty, ninety, a hundred years in light of eternity. I want to ask you, folks, we have been through a lot here at this church over the past four years. Again, playing lightly, Robin. God's been good. 
Joyce, I know what you're going through right now, what you've been struggling with. Not that it's a struggle, but I know how tired you must be. I want you to know, folks, that it is only momentary. And I want you to look at this momentary infliction in light of all eternity. So that while we're in the midst of this life, we embrace whatever is thrown at us. All for the glory of God. Invitation to send this morning. As you come. Would you come this morning and Talk to the Lord about the affliction that you're undergoing, which you are in the middle of. Would you come down and would you pray for others who are going through some afflictions in this life? I pray as a challenge for the rest of the week as we're staying, that you would point out to your brothers and sisters that it's all for the glory of God. That's right, Mom. It's all for His glory what He is preparing us for. The weight, the innumerable weight of glory that He's preparing us for makes me accept this momentary light affliction in all that it is so that I give Him the utmost glory. Now pray that that's where we would reside. We give Him the glory. The good days and the bad days. To be honest with you here lately, it's been a lot of bad days. No matter what, we're going to give Him the glory. Folks, I bid you come as we sing. Scott. somebody to pray for. Pray for me and mine. But the song says, Come my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Amen, it does. That means to give it to God. So we're going to sing another verse. Somebody here needs to pray. I don't know who you are. 
And uh, I'm not one to prolong the service at all, but when God says, sing another verse, sing another verse. Amen, so I don't know who you are. If you don't come and pray, it's your own fault. So let's sing. Are you disappointed? Wondering here and there. Dragging chains of doubt and loaded that with care. New unholy feelings struggling to press. Bring your case to Jesus. He will give you rest. Come unto me. Oh, I will give you rest. Father, Lord, would it come to the throne boldly? God asking you to be real in our hearts and lives. God, you know the needs of the ones that came and prayed. God, I ask you to intervene. God, those that didn't move, God, I ask you, God, also to hear their prayers. Father, we ask you to go with us the rest part of the day. God, that we might live the life that we should as a Christian. Father, watch over us, take care of us, lead us, guide us, direct us, and everything we'll do, we'll give you the honor and glory and praise for it all. For it's in Christ's name I do pray. Amen. Amen. All right, folks, tonight at 6.30, we've got speed training for the boys. Uh, I guess we should say, how about them Harrelson County Rebels, region champs? Huh? Come on now. Y'all are louder than that at the football game, and I know it because I'm there and I hear it. Where's your cowbell? Come on, Tyler. We're going to have to get us some cowbells for Jesus, aren't we? Yeah. At any rate, folks, uh, we got a big game coming up this week uh, against Bremen. Uh, be praying for both squads as they uh, just do things uh, civilly and that we uh, have a, good, a, good, a good, good game on Friday night. Tonight at 6.30, I'm going to be having uh, the student ministry over to my house. You can come over uh, probably for about an hour, hour and a half. And uh, we're going to do some discipleship. We're going to talk. We're just going to look at God's Word. And then we're just going to kind of sit back, relax, and maybe catch an inning to a Braves. I don't know why they come on at 8 o'clock. Lord, have mercy. Can they get that stuff started any earlier? I mean, Lord, have mercy. But at any rate, folks... Uh, you and your students invited. Parents, you can come out and sit with me, and uh, y'all can be a part of that too. All right, Mr. Ginn, let's think about how great God is, and let's be dismissed. <laughs>